As soon as Harper Fontaine stepped from her lively casino into her stylish new restaurant, she checked near the door for a rolling black leather duffel, Ashton Croft's go bag. She loathed the thing. It represented everything that drove her crazy about the celebrity chef. His tendency to show up without warning, the way he thrived on excitement, and when none could be found, his knack for either stirring it up or heading out of town on some adventure or another. But she needed the bag to be there because it would mean that Ashton had shown up for today's head chef interview. But Tori's grand opening was two weeks away. When the original deadline for the opening of the restaurant had come and gone without it being ready, Harper had questioned the wisdom of asking an unreliable television personality to start a restaurant in her hotel. True, the buzz about the grand opening had drawn all eyes and scads of publicity to her hotel, Fontaine Ciel. But was the attention worth the stress Ashton had heaped on those in charge of making the restaurant a success? Carlo Perot, the restaurant's manager, wasn't sleeping and had grown irritable these past two months. Harper was grinding her teeth at night. The headaches induced by this behavior had forced her to seek medical help. She now wore a mouth guard when she went to bed. Slipping the awkward plastic device into her mouth, she would lie on the mattress and wish she had some idea what happened to Ashton's initial enthusiasm about the restaurant. The longer the filming of The Culinary Wanderer had gone in Indonesia, the more difficult she'd found working with him to be. They'd had to postpone Baturi's launch date twice because of scheduling conflicts with his travels for his wildly popular television series. Which was why Harper refused to delay again. The restaurant's black floors were polished. The chandeliers had been hung from the high cove ceiling. Their light illuminated the white napkins and crystal wine goblets on the black tables. Ten days earlier, the painters had completed the metallic gold treatment on the three wide pillars down the center of the room. Near the fully stocked bar, the assistant manager was putting the waitstaff through their paces. But for two things, Batori was ready to open. Two key things. It lacked a head chef and a menu. And seeing that Ashton's go-bag wasn't in its usual place, it looked as if that menu was going to have to wait. Harper glanced at her watch. It was exactly four in the afternoon. She'd told Ashton the interview would happen at three to make certain he arrived on time. Playing these sorts of games wasn't in her nature, but she was at her wit's end in dealing with the celebrity chef. She dialed her assistant. Mary picked up on the second ring. Harper got straight to business. Did Ashton Croft call to say he'd be delayed? No. And his plane was supposed to land in Las Vegas at one? Yes, I confirmed his itinerary this morning. Damn the man. Two weeks ago, Ashton had promised Harper his full attention starting today. She should have known better. Thank you, Mary. Let me know if you hear from him. Sure thing. Harper was on the verge of disconnecting the call when something Mary said caught her attention. In your office. Carlo Perot emerged from the kitchen, a scowl on his handsome face. The 46-year-old restaurant manager was known for his composure, but even he was showing signs of stress at all the things that still needed to be done. We have a problem. I'm sorry, Mary. Who did you say was in my office? Your mother. My mother?
Surprise kept her from guarding her tone. Aware of Carlo's scrutiny, Harper turned her back on him and stepped away to give herself some semblance of privacy. Did she say what she was doing in Vegas? No, but she seems upset. Just upset, Harper mused. Penelope Fontaine wouldn't have left her elegant condo in Boca Raton to fly 2,000 miles to visit Harper unless something was seriously wrong. And if it was, why had Penelope come to Harper?